Hi there, my name is Mary Kilolea. Welcome to the To Be Boulder podcast, providing career insights for the next generation of women in business and tech. To Be Boulder was created out of my love for technology and marketing, my desire to bring together like-minded women, and my hope to be a great role model and source of inspiration for my two girls and other young women like you. Encouraging you guys to show up and to be bolder and to know that anything you guys dream of, it's totally possible. On To Be Bolder, you're going to hear inspiring stories of how successful women, some I know, some I just want to bring to you guys, and they're going to talk about their careers in business and tech, and they're going to tell us their stories about their passion and their journey and their challenges, and we're going to learn some of their advice along the way too. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Hi, my guest today is a woman I have known and admired for many years. She's kind, bright, athletic, creative, ambitious, and driven. She has been in the real estate business for 20 plus years and has been having huge success pursuing a passion of flipping a few homes of her own lately. Joelle Lewis is the principal broker of Lewis and Associates real estate team. Welcome to the show, Joelle. It's awesome to have you here. Great to be here, Mary. And I hate to correct your intro, but I've actually been in the business 32 years now. Oh, well, thank you for correcting me. (laughs) (laughs) I said 20 plus, 32. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for today's discussion for so many reasons. Um, I have so many questions I want to ask you. First, I would love for you to tell everyone how you got into real estate and how you got to where you are today. And I know that's a lot. Um, three sentences or less. <laughs> when I graduated from college, I had a degree in business and a degree in psychology. And I ended up working in retail and then in cosmetic sales for a few years and realized that there was a serious limitation to the income and the corporate ladder and um, decided I needed to find a business that had unlimited potential. And I knew I wanted to get into real estate within a couple years of graduating from college, but felt I was too young. But I jumped in all in anyway, and never have looked back. I love that about you, that you basically blow through any limits. I mean, like, if you, if you feel limited, you're going to kick down the walls. I just know that about you, which is what I love. Okay, so you've been doing this for 32 plus years, right? hmm What excites you most about it? Well, you know, I spent the first 20 years just being in the sales part of it, but now I feel like I'm really in the real estate business. So I'm not just your typical agent that lists homes and helps um, people acquire homes or investments or works with builders and developers. I do all of that and then some. So I have my own um, real estate portfolio that I've acquired and I just completed my first flip and I love remodeling. And so I have so many little... Uh, arms of my business that I wish somebody had shared with me when I was just getting in the business uh, to do what I've been doing for the last 10 years because I'd be retired by now. Right. So the diversification of, of what you've 
designed for yourself and your business has, it kind of gives you that safety net, if you will, if a market takes a dump or if things change, you've got different arms, like you said, that can be levered in different ways, right? Well, I would like to think that it's <laughs> diversified, but it's all the same tranche. Um, you know, I have real estate holdings. I, you know, I am financially uh, diversified, especially at this age. But no, I am all in on real estate. <laughs> it's all in on black and we're rolling. <laughs> that marble is rolling around the wheel right now, especially in an election year. So <laughs> I am, um, yeah. Uh, but I do have different areas of which I'm able to um, grow my income. That is, I'm not focused just on one thing, which I really did for many, many years of my business now. Um, and, and part of it is just needing to shift my energies to places where I, I really find joy in what I'm doing. And I think it has prevented the burnout that a lot of people experience in commission sales. Yeah, that's a great point. So what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, there is no typical day. I'm, I am in the service business. So when my phone starts to ring, I have to be able to pivot and shift and go. And, um, and then when the phone isn't ringing, I have to create and make stuff happen. I, um, I have to get on the phone and, you know, push things downhill um, or uphill <laughs> sometimes. Uh, um, but there is kind of a rhythm to a lot of um, my practice and I'm often in front of people in um, the evenings and on the weekends. Uh, but if I'm not in front of people, I'm not in the process of generating income. So, you know, my Mondays start with who needs my attention? What should I be doing? And we have weekly meetings with the team where we all have to go through our priorities and keeping our clients top of mind and what they need and what we're, you know, doing for them is always the task at hand. And I assume that networking and relationship building is one of your primary things that you wake up and say, how am I leveraging that today? Yeah. And I think it is my secret sauce mm -hmm. is that I have always been an extreme extrovert and um, I don't like the quiet. I don't, <laughs> I like a lot of energy happening around me. And if it's coming from people, all the better. We, um, we have an expression. Uh, there's different gurus you can follow. And um, one of the the most um, common uh, gurus, or I, I don't want to call it common, but um, one of the more popular, that's the word, is he basically has a theory of partying your way to the top. And we do teach this with agents. You always need to put your place, yourself in a place where you're having conversations about real estate. And it really doesn't matter where I go. Um, I make money connecting with people on the tennis court. Mm -hmm because it always starts with a conversation. How's the real estate market? Hey, I'm thinking of selling. I'd really like to acquire an investment. Um, my daughter needs to buy a home. You know, those conversations can start at a cocktail party. They can start at happy hour. And so networking is extremely important. Um, introverts don't do as well in this industry because again, if you're not putting yourself out there, if you're not putting yourself in front of people, it is tough. 
Right, right. So who's inspired you in business? You know, when I first got into the industry, I really liked the building and new construction leg or arm of the business. And I started working with a builder and helped him build his business from one home a year to 15 homes a year over a long period of time. And I um, invested with him. And then that built into a number of builder relationships. And if there's anything I learned from the builders is they kept they kept in motion, they kept moving. And our tax code is written where if you build a home, you can live in it for two years and then sell it and not pay capital gains tax as long as it's your primary residence. So I watched these builders develop a subdivision, build themselves a home, and two years later, build the house next door. And at some point when my kids um, were old enough to be a little more mobile, we started the process of moving. And my kids have lived in three homes over the last (laughs) six years. And um, we just moved this last weekend. So it's um, something that I watched people do and just went, wow, you're making money and it's not taxed. Mm. So that's brilliant. And um, it's a hard thing for a lot of people to even think about doing their home. They root themselves in their home. And I, um, I see that a lot, although the average person only stays in a home seven years. Mm. And now, of course, everyone's infatuated with HGTV and flip and flop and all these home improvement shows and everybody wants to flip homes, but you've got to be fearless and you have to have capital and you've got to, you've got to know what you're doing or you've got to align yourself with a really smart agent that um, can guide you through that process. Johnny and I totally are always like weekend time. We're watching those shows. We love it. And we also love watching you guys, what you do, what you're doing and the transformation that you guys have given and you're fearless. That's another thing about you. Um, Okay. So what's the biggest challenges that you faced? Oh gosh. You know, my biggest um, challenge and we'll call it a hiccup or a blip in my trajectory after 25 years with Remax, I went to work for a startup that was a high-tech, cutting-edge, bleeding-edge marketing real estate firm that had emerged after the um, housing bubble burst. And they were creating the most innovative uh, marketing tools. And I was so fascinated by what they were doing that I was stalking them. And they had, you know, 20 agents that um, worked for this company. And I met with the owner and I'm like, I love what you're doing. When are you going to bring an office to Lake Oswego? And he looked at me and he said, why don't we do that? And so I opened up this small, no-name, boutique, tech-based branch with this company and was their business development manager. And it was huge risk, super fun. And unfortunately, after four years of blood, sweat and tears, energy effort, uh, we built the company to 125 agents and we had five branches and we were completely undercapitalized and we just couldn't sustain it. The 
company uh, ended up selling out just to avoid bankruptcy um, right at probably the lowest moment in my life. And all of a sudden I was without a home and without a brand and without a practice. And I had spent so much time helping them build their business that I really took the eye off of building my personal brand and my business. So it was, it was devastating. Anyway, it's, um, you, you bring up an excellent point and that's building your personal brand. So when someone thinks of Joelle Lewis, what do you want them to think of? Well, let's go back to your intro. Could you say that all again? <laughs> <laughs> kind, bright, athletic. Yeah. Driven. Uh, energetic, driven. Um, you know, my, my brand, I, um, after the failure of this company, um, I sat still with it and realized that I had spent 20 years helping builders build their brand. And then I spent another four years helping another company build their brand. And I went, oh my gosh, I wish I could just roll it all back 10 years, 20 years, and just focus on building my brand. And so I rebranded a couple of years ago and it's now Lewis and Associates and went through a really amazing process with a very amazing woman who, um, that is what she does. Iconic Details is her business name. And I actually brought her into our company to help other agents build their brand because, um, you know, your brand has to be who you are and how you show up, but also it has to be everywhere and on everything. And I had just never gone there with my practice. And so I did that a couple of years ago. It was a great exercise. And now everything we do, it has to be on brand. It doesn't matter if we're throwing a client event party or if we're marketing a home. Um, it's our Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fascinating. And I think a lot of the, the well-known big brands that have lasted over time have had that and that's part of their success. So I think that's great that you even made that investment. What advice, what advice, or I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, I spent 25 years with Remax, which is one of the most well-known real estate brands. And I always thought, oh, I'm with Remax. That's the brand. That's the Coca-Cola. That's the Nike. And ignored the fact that I needed to create my brand. And so I teach that now to younger agents and um, the people I'm mentoring that they always want to show up, you know, within that corporate umbrella and brand um, that's, you know, just going to enhance what they're developing. Again, I always thought it was enough just to hang out under the corporate umbrella or balloon. <laughs> Um, you just mentioned that it, the people that you mentor. So I think that's fantastic that you're helping, you know, develop skills and guide um, younger agents. What type of things do you do with them that help them grow? I was, as the principal at the company, the, the small startup company, when we had agents come in, I would teach weekly classes. Um, I would teach roundtables. I would give lectures. I would teach um, systems. Uh, just everything you have to have in your tool belt 
to be a confident real estate agent. Uh, and we would break it down by subject and have a new subject every week. And I did that for four years. Um, now that I'm with a large company, I do teach and I'm a certified educator um, and everyone has to have, you know, 30 hours a year of continuing education. I, I'm sorry, 30 hours every two years. And so there are topics that, you know, I like to show up and lecture about. <laughs> Speaking in a big group is not my favorite thing, but um, I've, I've managed to overcome that fear. I, I prefer a small group, interactive group. And so we have weekly meetings um, where people can show up and just ask questions. And, you know, often I'm just snagged in the hall with, you know, troubleshooting and problems. Um, but I actually do mentor three younger agents that are on my team. And when I say younger, I mean um, years of experience in the business. There is so much to learn. It, it really takes about five years as a practicing agent before you really get it, before you are proficient at all things real estate. What advice would you give someone who's thinking about entering the field of becoming a realtor? Like, I have, you know, I, I probably get a call once a month. Hey, will you talk to my friend? Will you talk to my cousin, sister, brother, mother? Um, and there's, there, there are a lot of barriers to entry now in the real estate field. And just like any small business, the, the first one that I always pin people down on is you have to have capital. You may not get a check your first six, eight, 10 months in the business and you're lucky to get a check. Uh, but the cost of getting into the business, uh, you know, it's the costs are very low, but you have to invest in the business. You have to market yourself. You have to market homes. You have to put yourself out there. You have to spend money to attract your first clients and leads. You know, number one reason all small businesses fail is lack of capital. And for agents, it's the same thing. 80% of newer agents will be out of the business in the first two years. And part of it is it, you know, it's commission only sales. No one is having you punch a clock, telling you what to do, telling you when to show up, how to show up. I mean, there are amazing training programs, books, you know, YouTube, <laughs> we didn't have YouTube when I was trying to figure it all out. But um, if you don't have money, if you don't have, um, it's emotionally too difficult to keep on slugging it out. What are some key qualities that are required to be successful in real estate? You know, I think that... Um, <laughs> Let me tell you what you don't need. I, I, the one, my pet peeve is an agent's like, oh, I'm going to get my license. I just love houses. It's like, so do I. So do I. Um, you have to love people. And you have to love being with people. And you've got to be compassionate. But you also have to be a really confident competitor. If you can say yes to both of those things, then um, you're built for this business. You can't just like interior design or, um, you know, like staging or like remodeling. Um, it's not about houses. You are in the service business and you have to be there and ask people, how can I help you 
find your dream, meet your need, you know, goals. And often we're dealing with people in transition. And, um, and sometimes those transitions are very challenging. Uh, divorce, death, the loss of a spouse, um, job transition, job change. Uh, uh, you know, some of the time it's, it's just not always a happy place. And um, we have a another little joke at the team meetings and that is that we throw in the counseling for free (laughs) (laughs) so often um and and people handle stress at a different level and you can't take on their stress and you also can't exacerbate their stress you have to be the calm knowledgeable steady in their process otherwise you know everyone's just spinning into (laughs) A very anxious state. So, um, you know, I think it's the reason I have loved this business for so long is that I wanted to be a psychologist and it's just satisfied that need <laughs> problem solve. Um, and so, yeah, my, but my, my, my new goal is um, to recognize when I'm trying to help someone that just isn't mentally healthy. Right. I tend to see that as a huge challenge and take it on. And, um, and so my, my thing is one a year, just one (laughs) a year. Um, how important is it to hone in on a focus area when you're a realtor? You know, whether it's location, you know, you're going to focus on a special section of town, or maybe you're looking towards targeting or marketing to young couples, or say, I'm just going to sell homes in this price point. How important is it to be that focused? Or is that a disservice to yourself because you're narrowing your opportunities? Yeah, um, I see a lot of agents taking a shotgun approach to the business, meaning the more they throw it out there, the more opportunities will come their way. And um, I always tell newer agents to focus on a primary market and then start widening your reach. The whole neighborhood expert Um, People still advertise that and they will market to the neighborhood they live in or the subdivision they live in or the HOA. And that's great because it is nice uh, that they, you know, kind of know what's going on. But the homeowner typically is the neighborhood expert. Um, The, I think the biggest um, shift in the real estate business is that um, people are no longer the neighborhood experts, but we are marketing firms. We are in the business of exposing your home to the market in the best way possible. And that shift this last decade with technology, with the, um, with the fact that we are no longer the keeper of all the information that's all out there on the web. It's on Zillow. It's, it's on realtor.com. All that information is available for the consumer. We're just helping them filter it appropriately. And, um, but also we are marketing firms. Now we are in the business of marketing their home for sale. And, um, and so we don't have to live in the neighborhood. Um, we have to be really proficient marketers and really, um, you know, experienced at 
getting a home exposed. That's a, that's a really good point. So how many people do you deal with who buy homes sight unseen and they've just, you know, seen it through marketing online? Do you find, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's risen. I don't know what percent it is or if you know, but. Once a year I FaceTime somebody and they make an offer on a home prior to ever physically walking through the door. Wow. So they're not only seeing the pictures online, doing a virtual tour, doing a drone flyover, but I can FaceTime. And sometimes I just have one of, you know, the couple, uh, the other one's on the phone and that's always um, pretty comedic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this last year I did have a um, family from California and they bought the home sight unseen came up for the home inspection and it was everything that they thought it would be. We closed and they're happily living in that new home. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. It, it takes a lot of trust and yes. um, you know, it's <laughs> you hope that your agent can reinforce that. Yes, this is a good value. This is a good neighborhood. Um, it's easy for me now to be very confident about saying, yes, this is a good buy. Yes, this is a good investment and, um, and sharing that. And I can do it with data, but I can also just say, Hey, I, you know, I've, I know this neighborhood. I I know this area. I've been doing this for 32 years. So believe it. So what drives you Joelle Lewis to be successful? What's your why? Um, I am that confident competitor. <laughs> I, I think I've spent the, my, you know, my entire career just trying to be better every year than I was the previous year. And that is just in my DNA. I, um, a lot of people think when you get in the real estate business, you're competing against the 5,000 other licensed agents that are in town. When in fact you're competing with the amount of time that you have to spend on your business practice. And um, again, I love just having, you know, I always write my goals down and every time I write them down, I meet or exceed them. So I just keep on pushing them higher and higher and higher. It's just like a game that, you know, how much um, can you do? And I was the number one agent when my second child was born that year, I got the award. I sold 120 homes that year. That was 10 homes a month. Mm -hmm. And I had a four-year-old and a newborn and I tried to slow it down. I tried to, I, I actually physically wrote down goals that said, (laughs) we'll sell 20% less this year. (laughs) And it didn't work. Um, I just became more efficient. Um, I became um, more focused on working in higher price points. It's what happened uh, after the bubble burst in the housing market in 2009. I had been working with multiple builders and I needed to recreate myself and my brand. So I decided to approach the luxury market. And I had a, you know, I had a a 10 point bullet. Here's what, you know, 10 chapters. Here's how I was going to, to shift my practice and my business. And I made it happen. And it was little things like, I'm going to go buy that Jaguar that's always been on my vision board. (laughs) And I, I bought the car ahead of the success 
but you know, that was my plan. And, um, I, you know, put on the, <laughs> put on the boots, bought the car and, um, and repositioned myself as a luxury resale, uh, listing agent. You lived the life that you were visioning and then it caught up with you. Yes. Yeah. It happened. It does. <laughs> Um, and that's not for everyone because some that don't follow through will get themselves in a big heap of debt. But, you know, if you're driven and can and follow through, it makes so much sense because visualization, you know, I'm a big firm believer of visualizing what you want, seeing it. And, and I love that you make a vision board, you know, every year and I see yours. Um, what are a few things on your current vision board? <laughs> well, I actually had to do two vision boards this year, one for my business and my practice. And um, I always have a word of the year. Yeah, and too. a few years back, it was balance. And just keeping in mind that I need to learn how to better balance. Um, this previous year, I was sitting there doing my vision board and this eagle started hanging out on my lawn, um, eating a fish. And I had an eagle feather and I loved watching the eagles in front of my home. Um, and I decided that my word of the year last year was sore. And this year I don't have a word on my vision board yet. I think it's soar higher. Mm. And the definition of soar is to fly to new heights without flapping your wings. Mm. And so it kind of is that combination of a little balance. And, um, and so I want to, continue to build my business even though I'm <laughs> approaching retirement <laughs> but you know I don't want to do it like I used to meaning right. um yeah just running myself ragged trying to be all things to all people and right. um, so I, I'm reusing my word of last year but I decided it was soar higher this year <laughs> I love it what are some of the pros and cons of being a realtor Ah, obviously the pros are unlimited income. Mm -hmm. I never, ever thought that, um, that I would make the kind of money that I have made in this business. Um, but it definitely is a, a risk reward, um, output. And so, you know, the big pro of course is the income potential. The other is just being able to control your schedule. I can't even imagine what it would be like to have a job, but I think I work harder for my, with myself as a boss. <laughs> if um, there was somebody actually telling me what to do and how to do it. But um, just, you know, in the middle of the day, if I am done, I can go get a pedicure. Right. And, um, and head home and, um, I don't know, do laundry in the middle of the day. I, I love working from home. I'm super productive. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people aren't. They have to have somebody cracking the whip <laughs> or um, holding them accountable. That's a real problem in our industry is people just aren't accountable to their goals and nobody's watching over them. Um, so, so that is the con um, is that it's a real, it's a business where people get very complacent and then they don't know why um, it shows up on their bottom line. They, uh, you know, they just aren't self-stutters. They aren't self-motivated. They aren't as driven. Um, and they really hate rejection. And rejection is a, 
a tough part of sales. And um, I'm, I'd like to say that I have a pretty thick skin, but I still get hurt. I know because I take it all so personally. It's like, what do you mean you're not hiring me? Right. <laughs> I'm the best. Are you kidding? But then I always reflect on um, my rejection. And that's something I've been really good at and go, okay, how can I win next time? How can I do it better? How can I, what I lost? Oh, well then I need to be more like them if I lost to that person. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, it works with my personality. I'm what I, I call myself counterphobic. So if something scares me, I, I approach it versus right. running away. That's an amazing quality. Um, what is the craziest thing that you've seen over the years? <laughs> Always love hearing stories like this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wish I had written the book because I have stories after I, I, I could fill an hour just on some of my best stories, but that's best over a bottle of wine. Um, <laughs> you know, we get to see people where they live, how they live, and that's everything from the hoarders. And the emotionally disabled people, the borderline personalities. Um, I once had to <laughs> sell the house that a CEO of a company had purchased for his stripper girlfriend. Um, you know, before weed was legal, I'd walk into grow rooms <laughs> because everyone had a medicinal right to grow. And um, so you see it all, but the crazy part of this business is really the crazy people that you end up engaging with. And I have a pretty good emotional IQ. And so when I, when I start to feel and see crazy, um, if somebody really needs my help, I am all in, but, um, you know, crazy, aggressive people. I, I, I luckily have the pleasure of now saying, you know what? We're not a good fit. I, I don't think we should work together. And I, I, I have to fire clients, That's, um, which is really hard to do because you've already invested so much time, energy, and effort. And I fired a client and then I sent my... <laughs> one of my associates out to pick up the lockbox off the house. And he called me and said, I don't understand why you didn't come and get the lockbox yourself. I was thinking we would hire you again when um, we were, you know, ready to sell the house. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm thinking, no, I, I wouldn't want to work with you again. Um, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot because I can handle, I can handle it. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it's not crazy situations. It's crazy people. Yeah. And I think that's good advice for, you know, women who are looking to get in the business. If they ever feel unsafe or intimidated in a, in a negative psychotic kind of way, that it's okay to walk away and that they don't have to stick in it and, and be put themselves in uncomfortable situations. Yes. Yes. Do you have any idea how many homes you've sold? Uh, you know, um, I get 32 years. If you figure that I've, you know, sold an average of 30 homes a year, it's well over a thousand. Oh my goodness. Um, and you know, and then there's probably a, a, a quite a few that, um, if you think about how many homes I've been in, mm -hmm. um, 25,000, it's always fun to go to somebody's house. Let's say I've been invited for an event and it's like, Oh, I've been here before. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not in this house. Um, I can walk into homes and go, oh, that's a Mascord plan, um, you know, built in the 90s. Uh, so I always love it when there's a street that I drive down that I haven't been down before. And I'm like, mm. oh, I've never been down this street. This is awesome. So I know Portland pretty well. And that's, that's fun. I also have a, a natural GPS in my brain. And so if I went to your house once and I haven't been there for a year, I don't even need your address. I just know how to get there. So that really was a, a bonus skill set. <laughs> Do you have a favorite style of home? That's, um, I do, but because I rescue homes, I can work with a lot of different styles. So my, my current project is going to be a retro 1940s cottage, mm -hmm. and the house was originally built in the 40s, and then it was added on to, and so we're stripping it of all of its eras, <laughs> and I want to bring it back to a 1940s Lake Cottage, and that is my current um, home. We moved this last weekend so that we could get that house, and it's a pretty big project and a pretty expensive one too, but um, I love any style of home or any era of home as long as it's authentic, just like my people. <laughs> <laughs> you prioritize staying fit and travel. How do you manage all that work-life balance because you guys have gone all over i mean you play tennis where do you in cuba or where where do you go where do you go <laughs> um yeah we go annually to aruba to play tennis um but i do i play tennis you know four times a week and i love competing and so um i took a sabbatical 15 years ago after I'd already been in the business 15 years and realized that I, I love sports. I love competing. Um, I love, again, I love improving myself. And so a decade ago, I took up playing tennis competitively and chasing little yellow balls around. And it is a perfect stress relief on a daily basis. And so um, sometimes my day starts with a round of tennis or it ends with a round of tennis or I have a match in the middle of the day, but it fits really well with my practice because I can schedule everything around, you know, taking an hour off. And um, the travel, I wish, um, you know, my goal this year, if you were to look at my vision board, back to the vision, mm -hmm. yeah. um, is to travel more and more and more. And um, that's part of the reason I have a team because I care so much about my clients. I always have travel guilt. So when I'm away, I can't stop thinking about what I should be doing to help my client. And um, so I have an amazing team and they're there for the client. So now when I, when I go, I'll check email, but I don't take a phone. And that's just necessary for your emotional, mental health. Um, but we do like to travel. And the year I retire, we're going to travel around the world for a year and have perpetual summer. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So um, you can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm back home working. Yeah, while you're working. Yeah, where in the world is Joelle? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get better um, socially of sharing my own personal projects. Um, I did a complete flip last year, and I think I 
probably sent out like five posts. Um, so my goal is to send out weekly posts for all my friends that are like, what's going on at the house? What's going on? And, um, but it's confusing of course, because they see real estate photos and then they see my remodel photos and they don't know what's what. So I'm going to try to be a little more transparent this year. Oh, good. Good. Okay. So if you could tell your 20 year old self one thing, what would it be? You know, we touched on it a little earlier and that is build your own personal brand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for, you know, everybody. You've got one thing to sell and that's you and one thing to promote. Again, that's my, I don't want to call it my business regret, but I I spent so much time building other people's brand Mm -hmm. that um, I I just wish I had been a little more (laughs) (laughs) self-absorbed. So I think I, yeah, if I could go back and tell my 20 year old self, um, when I actually got in the business when I was 25, um, you know, I, I just wish I'd had the bigger vision of what my practice could be right. because um, it has soared. Well, and I think the younger generation today has an advantage over us that didn't grow up with the internet. I mean, or the HGTVs of the world, you know, they are exposed to endless things and possibilities or even travel places or how you reimagine your life. And so for that reason, I love social media and I love, you know, what the internet has brought to our lives and, and the younger generation. So that's one thing I wish that we would have had at our, uh, you know, while we were younger, but at the same time, I don't think I would have ever wanted to be in college with, you know, cell phone cameras. Yeah, you know, I watch this younger generation and they are all trying to be influencers, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the information behind it. (laughs) And so as I get into social media and know that I need to be there to, you know, with my brand and with, you know, all of myself, I'm constantly battling this part about just be authentic, just be authentic, just, just do you. Right. And so it's, um, you know, when you're new in this business, you're told to build a brand so that you have some clout and that you have some influence. And um, we've kind of always done that, but now it's very public. And I see people jumping on to their social media sites and trying to create something that they're just not, Mm -hmm. especially with young real estate agents. They're trying to pretend like they're the expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they have a real estate license now. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm the expert. You do this for 32 years, you can wear the expert t-shirt. I'm the expert. <laughs> and, um, and it was funny because a, a newer agent had put out a flyer <laughs> to a neighborhood. And she's like, your neighborhood expert. And someone sent her back a note and said, really? I just noticed you've only been licensed a year. <laughs> like perhaps I should use a different adjective I'm like yes perhaps <laughs> so, anyway that's, uh, uh, yeah so you can build your brand early just not too early right <laughs> yeah and they want they all want success instantly right and this you've got to play the long game you have to be in this business I um especially teaching weekly classes, I'd have all these new agents and I'd have 40 of them in my branch and I'd have 10 of them show up. Mm. And it's just, it's like, you know, what are you doing? What, you know, you have to spend the first 
two to five years just spending half your time educating yourself. Right. Yeah. You have to earn respect. It's yeah. just not given to you. Yeah. All right. So do you have any good books or podcasts that you listen to that you would recommend or want to share? Well, with, at the risk of sounding like <laughs> like the dinosaur I am, um, <laughs> my favorite one that I constantly um, refer back to is Seven Levels of Communication. I find, and I, th I think this is probably true in any industry, people are quick to text. They'll text a thank you note. It's like, come on. <laughs> I think, again, let's, not that I need to uh, lecture to the younger self, but sometimes you just have to pick up a phone right. and have a conversation and have a higher level conversation and ask the tough questions rather than texting and emailing, um, especially in sales. You have to pick up the phone and hear what they have to say. You've got to ask questions. You've got to understand. And you've got to dive deep. Anyway, so that's a book that I often reference when I'm um, talking to agents about um, troubleshooting, you know, problems they're having in a transaction or with their business. And, um, and so I, I love that book. Um, Outliers is another one that you'll find on my shelf, although all my books are still in boxes right now. <laughs> um. Oh, well, thank you for today. Thank you for taking the time and coming on and being a guest. It's been awesome chatting with you. Oh, it's always fun. And um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Thanks for listening to the episode today. It was really fun chatting with my guest. If you liked our show, please like it and share it with your friends. If you want to learn what we're up to, please go check out our website at 2bboulder.com. That's the number two, little b, boulder.com.